Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. My name is Faraz Siddiqui. I appreciate you guys tuning in. We're going to do our week six stardoms and sit-ems today. Uh, added a couple of... So we did the temper expectations last week. Um, I added another... Uh, segment in there, which is desperate starts. Um, so we're going to do stardoms. We're going to talk about desperate starts. We're going to talk about guys who we should temper expectations on, and we're going to talk about sit-ems as well. So a couple guys I want to start out with as far as guys that I'm looking to start this week. I'm looking at Elijah Maguire as somebody who might not have Bilal Powell or Matt Forte uh, challenging him for work. Um, he should see all the work on Sunday at home against the Patriots team who has allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, Bilal Powell, he probably will not play with that calf strain. Now, and Forte, um, he's been practicing on a limited basis, so there is a possibility that he plays, but I, I think that he's either going to be limited or not active, uh, but that's yet to be determined. If Forte gets in a full practice and plays, I'm a lot less inclined to play Maguire as one of my starts. Um, so I'm look I might be looking elsewhere if that happens. But you know, if Forte doesn't play, I think Maguire is capable in both the run and the pass game. I think he should put up a, a pretty good fantasy day. Um, you know, it's a prime opportunity for a, a talented back. You know, if you've seen what he done what he's done so far, he looks pretty good. Um, and if he does well, he can possibly gain more opportunity uh, in this game uh, and you know in the future. So. I wouldn't put him on, on my bench this week unless uh, Forte, uh, you know, is active. C.J. Anderson, the Giants, they just have no offensive weapons anymore. You know, they're traveling to Denver. I don't even see them scoring a single point against that defense. Um, you know, the Giants, they're giving up four and a half yards per rush. There's going to be a positive game flow for C.J. Anderson. He's just in a prime spot this week. I would be surprised if he doesn't see 20 to 25 carries in this game. Um, you know, and the Giants, they're just bad against the run. So, you know, they're 29th DVOA, according to Football Outsiders, against pass-catching running backs as well. And we know that C.J. can uh, catch some balls out of the backfield. So, you know, I'm all in on C.J. Anderson this week at home. I think it's a great spot for him. Uh, Jordan Howard, um, you know, he, for me, he's a must-start every single week just because he has that, you know, that upside. Um, and he's a really talented player behind a good line. Um Chicago and Baltimore, that game should be fairly close. Um, we shouldn't expect Jordan Howard to be written out because of game script in this one. Baltimore's defense, uh, you know, their bread and butter is their secondary, but teams have been able to run the ball against them. They've been given up, given up about 4.3 yards per carry. 
Um, and, you know, that lines up with Chicago's strength, and that's running the ball behind a strong offensive line with Jordan Howard. So I think that's going to be the game plan going into Baltimore. As long as Mitch Trubisky doesn't turn the ball over, I think Howard should be in line for a 20-carry game with touchdown opportunity. Going to move on to receivers um, that I'm starting. I'm starting all of the uh, Cardinals wide receivers outside of J.J. Nelson, Jerron Brown, John Brown, and Larry Fitzgerald. You know, I'm much higher on John Brown and Larry Fitzgerald just because of the opportunity they get. They're more likely to get. We saw that John Brown played most of the snaps last week uh, over Jerron Brown and J.J. Nelson. Uh, so, you know, Jerron Brown, you know, he does have a really good matchup on his side of the field as well. So, you know, I think these guys have to be in your lineup this week against the Bucks. Um, you know, they've given up the most fantasy points as a whole to wide receivers, depending on your scoring format. Um, but Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown, they both spend a lot of time in the slot, which is manned by Robert McLean, who has given up the most fantasy points to slot receivers over the last four games. So even with John, even you know, if John Brown moves to Brent Grant, uh, Brent Grimes' side of the field, I'm not worried. That side of the field has given up the 12th most fantasy points to wide receivers, so not bad at all. Uh, Jerron Brown, on, like I said, on the left side of the field, he has a great matchup as well. He's going to be primarily faced up with Vernon Hargreaves, who has been targeted a ton this year um, with a lot of success. So um, I like I like this game as a potential shootout. Um, you know, and the Cardinals will be passing the ball a lot. And you know, there's a lot of uh, injuries on the Bucks side of the. It's on the defensive side of the ball for the Bucks, um, including not having much of a pass rush. So I'm not so worried about the offensive line giving up for Carson Palmer, like I did last week with Philadelphia, who has a good pass rush. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches tonight. I hope you listen to it to this before them. You know, before that game, if you're not starting them. But uh, you know, every week we just have to find up find out who is going against the perimeter defenders for the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Mills and Rasul Douglas, they've been really bad this year. I mean, Rasul Douglas is a rookie. You know, they threw him into the fire, but still, you know, they've been really bad. They've given up the most number of fantasy points to the left side of the field that Calvin Benjamin primarily lines up on, and the second most fantasy points in the last four games to Devin Funches' side. So both Benjamin and Funches, along with Cam, They've been in a bit of a groove lately, so as long as the Panthers can protect Cam against the Eagles' pass rush, pass rush I think these two should have a big day. Uh, Golden Tate, I think, you know, he's had some tough matchups recently, and I think it's time to trust him again this week uh, in a good matchup. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, he's likely going to shadow Marvin Jones most of the time, so, and that will give Matthew Stafford even more of a reason to send it Tate's way. Marshawn Lattimore has been pretty good this year. Ken Crawley, he's also been a pretty good corner this year, uh, but he hasn't had much help over the top. Um, the matchup in the slot where Tate lines up 81% of the time sees a lot of Kenny Vaccaro and, you know, the Saints have given up the third most fantasy points to the slot position this year, so I'm firing Tate up in my lineup, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, I hope that you know he's given you enough reason to just start him every week. He's that type of option at this point. Um, you know, even without luck, I'm still starting Hilton in any matchup. Um, but you know, the only reason why I'm listing him here is because there is a little doubt in the minds of some T.Y. Hilton owners every week of whether they should start him or not with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, but Hilton, like I said, he's been proven, he's proven that he's been able to get it done regardless. So I, I also wanted to mention that he plays against the Titans this week who have been giving away fantasy points to wide receivers like Oprah. Jarvis Landry, 
PPR only. I'm only starting him in that format uh, just because of a, his A dot has been so low. He caught a touchdown last week, but that rarely happens. Um, you know, Landry, he's been providing owners with a solid floor, averaging 11 targets per game in PPR. Um, with Devontae Parker hobbled, um, you know, he, he didn't practice today either. Today's Thursday, so it's not looking good for Devontae Parker. But Landry, he should pick up a ton of targets against the Falcons, who've been giving up the six most fantasy points to slot receivers this year. So I'm expecting Jay Cutler to take advantage of the matchup. And where else is, is he going to throw the ball? Uh, similar with Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, he hurt his groin on Monday night, so he might be limited in this game with the Packers or not even play. Um, he hasn't practiced all this week. He said that he plans on playing, but he's he might not practice all week. So it's a very iffy situation. But either way, I think that leaves Adam Thielen with the opportunity to absorb even more targets. He's already, tar- he's already averaging eight targets a game. He has a decent rapport with Case, Case Keenum. You got to think that the Vikings are going to try to keep up with the Packers, so that means even more opportunity. So, you know, Thielen, he lines up in the slot 65% of the time, and the Packers have given up the 10th most fantasy points to slot receivers so far this season. Terrell Pryor, he has been a disappointment this year, no doubt, uh, but he has a great matchup this week against the 49ers. They've allowed four 100-yard receivers this year. Uh, and the left side of the field where Pryor lines up most of the time has been extra vulnerable, giving up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers. So we would have to think that the Redskins tried to find the, you know, try to work out the rapport between Cousins and Pryor during their bye week. And I'm sure they're trying to find more ways to get Pryor involved. So I think this is a good spot for him in week six. He caught a touchdown the week prior uh, to his bye. And I think he can, he can have another good game this week. Austin Safarian Jenkins moving on to a tight end that I like. He had eight targets in week five against the Browns. Uh, not for a lot of yards, but at least that target share is there. Um, he's slowly becoming the go-to passing pass-catching option in the Jets' offense. Um, you know, in, the, in a game in which the Jets figure to be catching up, ASJ, he should be in a favorable, favorable game script. Uh, the Patriots have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends this year, and their defense isn't showing any signs of getting better. So I like ASJ in this one, and, you know, uh, he might be an option to keep on your team season long. I'm going to move on to desperate starts. These are guys that, like, you know, you have a ton of guys on by, or, you know, you had a bunch of injuries. you gotta you got to scour the waiver wire to see what you can pick up and hopefully get something out of this week. So I'm going to start with Jermaine, Jermaine Curse. His target share has been all over the place. He does have three touchdowns on the year, one, you know, two of them coming in one game. Um, so, But if we're going to take our chances with the Jets receiver against the worst defense in the league, it would be him, in my opinion. The Jets figure to be down this game, like I said, um, and they're going to be working their way back. So I expect it to be Curse, ASJ, Elijah McGuire, those guys getting most of the targets uh, in this game while the Jets try to come back. Um, Willie Sneed, uh, Sean Payton says that Willie Sneed is 100% healthy. Darius Slay, he's probably going to be covering Michael Thomas, shadowing him. Uh, it's possible that Drew Brees chooses to exploit Snead's matchup in the slot with Quandre Diggs. The Lions, they've given up the 11th most fantasy points this season to slot wide receivers. Uh, Snead, he has a chance to pick up where he left off last year. Uh, he had a bye to settle in and get healthy. This isn't the worst spot to put Snead in your lineup, but Snead did come out and say that the Saints are working him in slowly. So he, you got to keep in mind that he's a risky start. Um... But, you know, he has a good matchup, and it's possible that even with a limited snap count, he could uh, do some good things. Alan Hearns, 
Marquise Lee, he's probably going to be shadowed by Tremaine Johnson. So I would expect Blake Bortles to target Alan Hearns in this game a little more than usual. Uh, when Morris Claiborne shadowed Marquise Lee on the outside in week four against the Jets, Alan Hearns had 10 targets in that game. So I'm expecting something similar in this game. Maybe not, maybe expecting is the wrong word, but it's possible that something similar can happen in this game. Uh, but the hope is that the Jaguars actually pass the ball in this one. Uh, the way their defense is playing, they're able to just run the ball down their opponent's throats. Uh, but Hearns, like I said, he's a desperate play, but he has a chance to get volume with upside for a touchdown. Chris Thompson, the 49ers, they've allowed 28 receptions to running backs in five games. Uh, and Chris Thompson has had 21 targets so far this season. San Francisco is also 22nd in the league DVOA, according to Football Outsiders, against pass-catching running backs. Um, so that looks that's good for Chris Thompson. Christian McCaffrey, Todd Gurley, Andre Ellington, they all had at least seven catches against the 49ers. So if Thompson can get that type of opportunity... We've all seen what he can do when he gets the ball in his hand, so he's a great start if you don't have any workhorses to start ahead of him this week, and I wouldn't mind throwing him in my flex with the hopes of a big game to raise my team's ceiling. Taylor Gabriel with Mohamed Sanu likely sitting out week six. Gabriel, he can step up with increased opportunity in this game. He primarily lines up on Byron Maxwell's side of the field, which has been a huge liability for the Dolphins this year. They've given up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on that side. If you're shooting for a ceiling, but understand Gabriel gives you a low floor, he's a good play this week against the Dolphins at home. Remember, last year Sanu was out. As well. This is just a side point, um, not in my notes, but I remember last year when Sanu was out, Taylor Gabriel had some pretty good weeks. Just little, you know, boom, for you. You're probably going to start him after that little comment, huh? All right, anyway, so uh, Mike Wallace... He had only three targets last week, but he went over 100 yards for the first time this year last week. Um, That target volume scares me, but he has another great matchup this week when he lines up on the right side of the field against the Bears. They've given up the most fantasy points to that side of the the field, which is the right side of the field. So Wallace, he can have a big game if Flacco chooses to look for him in this one. I'm personally very scared to start Mike, start Mike Wallace. He's not reliable. I wouldn't start him, but if any none of these other guys are available... Throw him in your lineup. Juju Smith-Schuster. He's been pretty consistent in this offense. He's been running more routes and getting more snaps than Martavis Bryant over the last three weeks. Philip Gaines has been a huge liability for the Chiefs in the nickel. So Juju, love that name. He can put up a decent game in this one. He's caught two touchdowns this year. He averages five targets a game. He's a bit of a desperate play, like I said, but the Chiefs have been giving up the eighth most fantasy points to slot receivers this year. So you are hoping for a touchdown out of him. Um, and some news that came out, Ben Roethlisberger said that Martavis Bryant get, can get a little bit of a quote-unquote break this week, which is very interesting. Uh, he did mention that Juju could play on the outside, um, and Eli Rogers could come back into the slot. Um, so it seems like Eli Rogers is now out of Mike Tomlin's doghouse, possibly, for now. Uh, but that's very interesting news. Moving on to the Colts, Dante Moncrief, Kamara Aiken, super desperate plays. Uh, Moncrief, he hasn't been getting enough targets for me to put him in my starting lineup. Even this week, um, you know, three targets per week the last three weeks is just not going to cut it. However, like I mentioned above with Hilton, the Colts are going up against the Titans this week, and they've been giving up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. He can get you a touchdown if you're lucky. Kamara Aiken, though, he has gotten five and seven targets the last two weeks respectively, so Even with that target share, he's only come down with three catches. 
in those two weeks. So 12 targets, 3 catches. Not good. I'd rather start Moncrief than Aiken in this matchup in deep, deep, deep leagues. Moving to tight ends, desperate tight ends, Evan Ingram. This is a scary one for me. Ingram laid a goose egg in week 5, but who else are the Giants going to pass it to in Denver? He'll get the targets and should provide a solid floor. Hopefully, Denver hasn't been great against tight ends, but the worry is that the Giants don't move the ball in this one. Maybe Engram can get a target on each three and out <laughs> and will provide a solid floor in PPR, but I have no idea how this is going to shake out. If you have another option, I would probably go there. Hopefully, Engram can find ways to get open um, because he is one of the only options left in this offense. Ryan Griffin. The Browns and the Giants have been the worst against tight ends, and ASJ continued the trend against the Browns last week. Expect Deshaun Watson to take advantage of that matchup, especially around the end zone, around the red zone. Um, you know, we saw Ryan Griffin, you know, do fairly well last year. Uh, so I think he can bounce back in this one, possibly catch a touchdown. Uh, George Kittle, he was huge in the clutch last week against the Colts. Um, seven catches on nine targets for 83 yards and a touchdown. Very, very, very solid stat line there. Uh, he, he had a couple end zone looks. Um, so I expect the 49ers to use their new weapon against the Redskins team who has allowed the third most fantasy points to the position. AJ Derby, he had a great game against Oakland before the bye, racking up four catches on six targets uh, for 75 yards and a touchdown. He gets the Giants this week who have allowed six touchdowns in five games, two tight ends, so player tight ends against the Giants. Zach Miller. It seems like Mitch Trubisky found his favorite target in Zach Miller, who had the ball sent him seven times against the Vikings on Monday night. The trend can continue, and Miller has a good matchup against the Ravens, whose only liability in the secondary is against tight ends at this point. All right, so a couple guys we need to temper expectations on. Randall Cobb, um, he hasn't been doing his best the past couple of weeks. The Vikings have done a great job against slot receivers this year. They, they're giving up the fifth fewest fantasy points to slot receivers this year. Uh, if Jordy Nelson is limited in this game, which it doesn't seem like he is, but Cobb would get a bump if that's the case. Um, but the Vikings haven't been as good on the outside. So Nelson and uh, Devontae Adams, you know, they have the matchups Aaron Rodgers will probably want to exploit in this game over Randall Cobb. Tyreek Hill. Um, the Steelers, they've been lights out against wide receivers this year, giving up the fewest fantasy points to the position. Tyreek Hill, he moves around a lot, but there just aren't that many holes in this Steelers secondary. I would consider sitting him, except with his breakaway speed, he has a chance of reaching the end zone anytime the ball is in his hands. So I don't think I'm ever sitting Tyreek Hill unless he stops getting the volume, and that's not going to happen. So he's, he's going to be in my lineup this week. Danny Amendola, Chris Hogan. You know, I think this goes without mentioning, especially for Chris Hogan. He caught most of his targets while running out of the slot last week, and Amendola primarily plays the slot as well. The Jets are the best in the league in guarding the slot as far as giving up fantasy points. I'm not benching these guys because I trust Brady more than I trust the Jets' defense, uh, but you may, you might want to temper your expectations. Maybe you'll get pleasantly su- surprised on Sunday. Um, but, you know, the Jets haven't faced the toughest competition this year, so I wouldn't look at those numbers and, you know, have it indicative of what the Jets really are. Mike Evans, he's going, to, uh, going up against Patrick Peterson. That's all I have to say about that again this week. Uh, obviously, you're starting him. Michael Crabtree, this one's interesting. 
Amari Cooper was the one that was a no-brainer for Casey Hayward to shadow, you know, previously because, you know, this is a division game. They played them twice last year. Um, Amari Cooper was shadowed by Casey Hayward. He's still projected to shadow Cooper in this one, but, you know, why would he? The question is, do the Chargers adjust to how the Raiders wide receivers are playing and actually shadow Crabtree instead? If not, Crabtree should have a great day, but temper your expectations and hope that Hayward doesn't make his way towards Crabtree in this game. Michael Thomas. He's going to be shadowed by Darius Slay, like I mentioned earlier. Slay shouldn't completely shut him down. Kelvin Benjamin, you know, uh, he had a good game against him last week because of his massive frame. Um, but Slay can have better success against Thomas. I'm not benching him. Um, you know, Thomas gets those possession, uh, you know, receptions, so I'm not too worried about Michael Thomas this week. Okay, guys, I'm sitting. I'm definitely sitting the Giants running backs. Rain Gallman, Orleans Darkwa versus Denver. This offense is going to have a very tough time moving the ball against Denver. Um, the Broncos, they've also fixed their rush defense since last year, so no Giants are going anywhere near my lineup this week, including these running backs. I'm going to sit Adrian Peterson against Tampa Bay this week. The Cardinals' offensive line, you know, they have a few injuries. They're banged up. They're not all there. Not great. Um, the Bucks are only giving up three, 3.4 yards per attempt, too, so... The Bucks secondary is very beat up, very beatable right now. Their pass rush is non-existent, so I expect the pass-happy Cardinals to just air it out against that defense. Uh, Peterson can benefit from a goal line carrier too, but that's the extent of what I'm expecting from Peterson in his first game with the Cardinals. Uh, Marquise Lee, I mentioned this earlier. Blake Bortles, he only threw the ball 14 times last week. If the Jaguars can control their game, with their defense and their run game, there might not be much reason for Bortles to throw the ball much in this one. The Rams have given up a ton of points on the ground to fantasy running backs, so the Jaguars might want to exploit them that way, um, like they did last week. As far as Marquise Lee goes, he's going to be shadowed by Tremaine Johnson most likely, so you know he's been pretty good this year, and you know Lee wasn't targeted at all while being shadowed by Morris Claiborne on the outside in Week 3, so I'm sitting him in this one. Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, sitting both of those guys. A.J. Bouye, Jalen Ramsey, they've been amazing on the perimeter outside of Antonio Brown. He's the only guy who's been able to do anything against those guys. Uh, Watkins, he had a one-catch performance in Week 4, followed by a goose egg in Week 5. He'll be targeted in this one, but I you know, don't expect either him or Woods to find much room on the outside against these two standout corners. Okay, so that is all I had. Um... I would, if you're on Instagram, I would suggest, you know, following Upper Hand Fantasy on there. You know, there's a lot of tidbits of knowledge that I post on there, as well as the Instagram stories. Whenever there's breaking news, I try to, you know, not even breaking news, just any news throughout the week. I kind of just go over that in my Instagram stories and kind of just explain uh, what the implications are and what I would do. Uh, so, you know, hit me up on Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram, DM me, follow me. Uh, what else? Twitter, Upper Hand Fan. I'm sorry, Twitter's Upper Hand FFB. You can follow me at Faraz Siddiqui, F A R A Z S I D D I Q I, on Twitter, uh, UpperHandFantasy.com. Check out all the articles. That's all I got, guys. Um, have a great weekend. Hope you enjoy the games. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Uh, should be a good one, hopefully. Panthers, Eagles. Um, I expect a good game out of Cam. Uh, Carson Wentz, you know, no Lane Johnson, so it should be interesting. Uh, but uh, looking forward to it. See ya.